Hi, this is Liz, host of the Chit Chat Circus podcast. Thank you for joining me. Here in the U.S., today is Father's Day. So I'm going to do a special episode sharing some stories about my dad when I was growing up. So I hope you enjoy. First, let me tell you a little bit about my dad. I actually don't call him dad or father. I call him papa. In Spanish, it's supposed to be papa, but I never got the accent right. So I call him papa, which is actually potato in Spanish. So happy potato day. Okay, about my papa, he was from Southern California, born in East LA at the General Hospital, the one made famous in the soap opera General Hospital. That's where he was born. But he moved to Buena Park as a kid. He told me all sorts of fun stories when he and his friends would go to Knott's Berry Farm. Back before it was a gated amusement park that you had to pay to enter, it was free and you would pay to use the different rides or amusements. And he would go there for these dances and music halls and the food and everything. It was just a few blocks away from his house. And so he kind of grew up at Knott's Berry Farm before it was an amusement park. And he had some wonderful stories about that. He joined the army in the late 60s after spending the summer of love in San Francisco with a bunch of hippies. So he is a multifaceted individual, the ex-army hippie. Definitely not your typical hippie from the 60s. But he spent summer of 67 up in San Francisco. Then he was in the army for two years. And when he got back, he was in the trade. He apprenticed and got a job as a pipe fitter, which is a type of advanced welder. And he would work on nuclear power plants here in California. And then when he couldn't find work in that because it wasn't always... Uh, stable and easy to find work in that, he would work as a mechanic. So for a time, he even worked as a mechanic at the post office and did that for many years as well. So that was my dad. I don't have any memories of my parents living together. They separated when I was about a year and a half, maybe two. And so my dad would call in to say hi and good night to my sister and I. And he would try and visit us on the weekend as often as he could if he was in the area and we were free. So one of my strongest memories as a kid is all these different Martinez family bedtime stories. He would call in and my sister and I were, I guess, pretty typical 80s kids. We always wanted, you know, stories about unicorns and castles and things like that. So he would create these stories for us where we would have the big castle and we'd have a moat and we'd have all, he would fill it with all our cousins. So, and he named up them all. He's like, oh yeah, this is your cousin Annie and, and your cousin Linda's there and your cousin Sergio's there and everybody's there. And then to protect the family and of course the fabulous castle we were in, we had to be defended. And who better to defend us than a whole pack of attacked chihuahuas? My grandmother had this chihuahua, Chiquita, who was always having babies. They didn't believe in neutering their animals or spaying their animals in that case. But yeah, so Chiquita was always having babies. So there were every time we'd go over to our grandma's house, there were always these chihuahuas. And Chiquita was the super mom. And so we would have Chiquita and her pack of attacked chihuahuas. Oh, and I think they flew too. Um, so th this pack of flying attack chihuahuas would defend the Martinez family castle, which was always really fun. And then because he was calling in from whatever job site he was on, we would tell the story and we'd hear that voice, you know, please deposit 10 cents to continue this call or please deposit 25 cents to continue this call. And I'd hear my dad fish for his bag of change and his quarters and his dimes and put them in the payphone because this was way before they had cell phones. So he would go out to these payphones and use spare change to give us a call. And it probably cost him a fortune because the technology back then, we didn't have speakerphone or anything like that. It was just one person with their 
ear to the handset. And so because there were two of us, my dad would tell one of us the story first, and then he'd have to retell the story when the next kid got on the phone. And he'd do it. He'd tell the whole story. He'd retell the whole thing that he just told for the next kid to make sure that both me and my sister heard that wonderful story that night. And, you know, they were always pretty similar, and he would add new twists and everything. But it was always something we really enjoyed hearing. So that was always a lot of fun hearing the Martinez family bedtime stories and they would go on forever too they'd be like an hour long they're great that was always fun another fun thing I did with my dad as a kid was go down to Dana Point it's this wonderful harbor here in Orange County it's got all these wonderful jogging and bike and walking paths they're all paved it's not like trails or anything and you can see the boats and you there's a big long jetty and you can see the waves beyond that. It's just a really wonderful, calm place. And my dad would love going there. It's his favorite place. And so we'd go down to Dana Point. We'd wander the harbor. We'd get some ice cream. We would fish for crabs. So we weren't actually fishing for them for food purposes. You need about, I don't know, 100 hermit crabs to make your average soup. But we would fish for these crabs. We're just seeing if we could do it. And we did. So that was fun. And then another one of the things we did was go to a place in Dana Point called Baby Beach. It's protected from the waves. It's all man-made and groomed and everything. And it's a very calm place for little kids to go in the water. You know, we'd go in the water occasionally too, but we would go mostly to feed the seagulls. So my dad would have like hot dogs and hot dog buns. Sometimes for us for lunch too, because they had little barbecue grills and stuff too. But mostly we just like chop them up and throw them to the seagulls. (laughs) So I don't know if that's okay biologists weigh in if you should feed hot dogs to seagulls but we did that and the hot the seagulls seemed to love it so (laughs) that was um one of the fun times I had growing up was going to the beach with my dad and my sister feeding to seagulls hot dogs it was fun so animals were always a big thing for us my sister and I loved animals my that particular sister lives on a farm so still a big fan of animals and one of the things we used to do was go to the Mission San Juan Capistrano. So my dad tried to get my sister and I into going to church. We were not a fan of that. But after church, which usually happened at some terrible time early in the morning and required dressing up, which we didn't weren't really big fans of, we would go to the Mission San Juan Capistrano. And that was always fun. We would wander around. We'd have a little picnic. We would have these bags of birdseed that my dad would buy at the gift shop. And we'd go out to these fountains and everything, and you could drop in the birdseed on the ground and everything. And there were all these pigeons. And it was really fun because you could spread the birdseed and all these pigeons would come. And eventually we tried to like keep leave it in our hands. Like, oh, are they going to land on our hand? Well, if we put the hand very calmly on this fountain, will they just like walk up to our hand and eat it from our hands? They totally would. And one of the fun pictures I have of my sister when she was little was where she's kind of covered in all these pigeons with one on her head because we would put birdseed in her hair and try and see if they would land on our heads. So occasionally they would. And my dad got at least one snap of that. So that was pretty fun. So And then there were fish in the fountains and stuff too. So you could feed the fish breadcrumbs. It was pretty fun. So I really liked going to the Mission San Juan Capistrano with my dad on the weekend. So not the church part before, but I definitely liked going to the mission afterwards. So another thing that we used to do as kids was go to the movies or Knott's Berry Farm. My dad was only picking us up for the weekend, so he wasn't doing things like monitoring our diets really or, you know, trying to put us to bed or having us do homework or anything. He was just kind of there in the daytime for the fun part. 
So we'd go to a movie or Knott's Berry Farm and eat a ton of junk food and sugar, and then he'd drop us off at home, and we'd be all kind of wired and not ready to go to bed and just super hyper because we had all this energy. And that kind of irritated my mom very much. Okay, not kind of. It did. It massively irritated her. And so she told us as a kid that we were allergic to chocolate. Kids, don't buy that. Don't buy that. That's not true. For a while, we weren't allowed to have chocolate. Um, we would, ha- but that didn't mean we didn't have sugar. We would just have things like um, there was carob, different like carob covered raisins that my dad would buy, or yogurt covered raisins, or things like red vines, which have a ton of sugar. So we continued to eat all of those and just be super hyped up on sugar. We just didn't have the chocolate. So, anyways, there was that. So my dad, as a you know occasional mechanic and just a, a car fan in general, he was always into restoring old cars. And he used to have a 56 Chevy pickup, which is a super collectible model here in the States. It's got these beautiful curves on the outside. It's a really well-designed vehicle. It looks really cool. And my dad had one of these. However, my sister and I hated it because he never, he fixed it up, but from a mechanic's point of view. So he was mostly concerned with how the car was running, the quality of the parts that he had put into it, you know, the quality of the tires, the brakes, the drivetrain, you know, what, what is the body looking like, you know, getting all the rust patches replaced and everything. Those were the kinds of things he was concerned about. From the outside, it looked all patchy and a hot mess. And my sister and I were always so embarrassed to be driven to these Girl Scout events and everything. And all the other dads had these like nice looking typical cars. And my dad always had this, this junker. And so my sister and I hated going different places in that car because we knew what it looked like from the outside. We're like, oh, Papa, your car is so embarrassing. There were some fun things about it. It had this big steering wheel. And when we were really little, we could sit in the steering wheel. Not while the car was moving, obviously. And he would spin it from left to right. And we'd go for like a ride in the steering wheel. That was always really fun. Because it wasn't quite fixed up on the inside. He had like the bare door wells and everything. So we'd put magnets all over the car. And every once in a while, we'd drop the magnets inside the holes in the door well. And we couldn't get them out. And so, you know, parts of it, I guess, were unmagnetized because you could hear it rolling around um, inside the doors and it would like find a metal bit and then get stuck and then something would rattle the car and it would fall off again. It was pretty funny. The rattly magnets went with the car when my dad sold it to my Uncle Mickey. And of course, being a slightly more image conscious person, (laughs) like I would think most drivers are, the first thing he did was paint it. And then it looked gorgeous. It was this like beautiful 50s classic all of a sudden, not an old junker. Once he realized what a difference that made, my dad kind of said, oh, yeah, I shouldn't have sold that car. I should have just painted it. Yeah, yeah. But, you know, live and learn. So that was another kind of fun memory we have of my dad is him driving this junky truck around, which, you know, was almost, almost a picture perfect classic. Like I said, he was um, an old mechanic, so he did give some good advice to me. One of them was, of course, change your oil every three to 5,000 miles. I have a family member who did not do that and burned out a couple engines and cars. So I have taken that advice to heart, and that is always good. I don't know if this is a result of his upbringing or not, but he never used credit or credit cards. He hated going into debt for anything. He always paid cash. And that was part of his advice. Don't buy anything you can't afford at the moment. Now, I have not always taken that advice. I've been in and out of debt several times in my life. 
for various reasons, but it is good advice. So I do try to keep it in the back of my head, not to go into debt for things and to only buy what you can afford. But I don't know. Sometimes I found that's, that's not always an option. Case in point, my current conundrum over whether I should go into debt to pay for law school. But that's another issue for another podcast. When I first graduated high school, I went to college on the East Coast. It was a personal disaster. I did not do very well on the East Coast. I did not enjoy that school. I came out with a lot of debt. I was disappointed and disillusioned with school at that point. And it took me years to kind of get back on my feet. I was working part-time to full-time in a retail job. I was going to school part-time to full-time. Sometimes getting B's three quarters of the way through the class and then dropping them because I was bored. And so I'd end up getting an F in the class or a withdrawal, which counts as an F on your GPA. And so I really wasn't doing a lot. And this continued for several years after I got back from my freshman year. Both my parents were super frustrated. And so one point, my dad suggested going into the Air Force. He had remembered from his time in Vietnam that he was able to see firsthand how the Air Force treated its members as opposed to the Marines or the Army who were always hiking around in the jungle. The Air Force were attached to the bases because they were there to work on the planes and get the planes to fly. And so he kind of filed that away in the back of his mind and said, okay, yeah, that's that's the service I should have joined. But he got through his time in the military, went on to do his apprenticeship with the GI Bill and get into the trades and so forth. I went into the Air Force and it was a great experience. I met some wonderful people while I was working there. I was able to learn Russian in my training. And when I was out, I was able to use the GI Bill to finish my education for my undergrad. And when I graduated... In 2017, as my graduation sort of present and trip, I went up to San Francisco to visit some friends that were up there. While I was there, I went to the De Young Museum's 50th anniversary exhibit on the Summer of Love in 1967. And I remember my dad saying that that's where he had been the summer before he went into the military. He was living in San Francisco with a bunch of hippies and he had a wonderful time that summer. And so while I was at this exhibit, I kept looking at all the pictures, trying to see my dad on some stoop or in some concert at Golden Gate Park. And I didn't see him, but I'm sure he was there in the crowd. I'm sure someone somewhere has a picture of my dad in a crowd that summer in San Francisco. So that's a little bit about my dad. He is a very complicated person. He loves tie-dye and Hawaiian shirts, Americana. He's very proud of his time in the Army and also very proud of the fact that he is a hippie. So anyways, that's a little bit about my papa. Some interesting stories from the times I remember as a kid. And I hope you found that entertaining. I hope you all have a wonderful Father's Day and tell the fathers and father figures in your life how much they meant and reminisce on some really fun stories. Thank you for listening to the podcast. You can follow the Chit Chat Circus on YouTube, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and of course on Captivate or any of the podcast platforms. All right, take care and have a great weekend. Bye-bye.